They want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. If you smell what the rock is cooking. We're here. Uh, we are in. Beautiful. I'm back. He is, everybody. I'm back. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? I can't either. Welcome in here. This is a very special edition. I don't know if we're going to call it Settling the Score, Down to the Wire. Yeah, we, can, we can call it Settling down. the Wire. There you go. Down to the, down <laughs> down to the, to the score. score. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I'm calling Settle across from me, Paxton Gordon. It's been a while. I have not been live in. behind the computer on a Monday night. Uh-huh. Adding that in there because I'm usually live on uh, on Monday. It's been it's been a while. It feels good to be back. First things first, the intro is a little bit different. Shout out to the uh, K State Wildcat recruiting Twitter account. When I tweeted out uh, that our guest, who I'll introduce here in a second, was coming on, I, I made a whole thing. You made a joke about the Rock. That is for the K State uh, <laughs> Wildcat recruiting Twitter account. But as I just said, we're gonna jump right into it. We have a special guest on the show today, someone who I have been very fortunate to get to talk to before, ladies and gentlemen, joining us, unfortunately not in the studio, but I don't, I don't know where he's from, I'll let, I'll let him say where he's at, ladies and gentlemen, Devin Ankle. Woo! Yes! Yeah, baby! Oh, Devin, how are you? Doing great, Colin, how are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling fantastic now that you're here, man, where are you at right now? <laughs> I'm actually in Lenexa, Kansas. Okay, I figure I figured you were up in the KC area a little bit. Uh, I mean, how, how are things going? How's your summer been so far? Summer's been good. I'd love to be on an NFL team, though, but it's just i got to keep grinding and try to get a chance. And that's exactly what we were going to jump into. But before that... One very quick question, very important question, Devin. Uh, this whole this whole show is primarily going to be K-State football, so if you're listening, bless. Bless. Thank you <laughs> for sticking around. But more importantly, Devin, who's winning the uh, the finals? Two games left. Oh, man, the Bucks. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Bucks and six, not Bucks Suns and six. seven? I'm thinking Suns seven. I was oh, watching. Man. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I know. You guys, did you guys see that, uh, that post-game? interview with, oh, with Devin, with Devin and uh, Chris Paul that the other day. Hilarious. Devin like shut everything down. Dude, I'm telling you right Super now, I was awkward. watching it uh, with my friend Brady. Shout out Brady. Big Suns fan, right? He looks me dead in the eyes and he goes, that's Kobe Bryant right there. And what he meant by that was the comparison of the way that Devin was acting. After that, just stone cold, calculated. He was obviously pissed off but still i was like that's a great comparison but yeah i mean so you're saying you're taking bucks and six? Oh yeah bucks and six darn it you know is it is it a Giannis thing is that what it is for you well man my whole mom's side of the family is from wisconsin so <laughs> i grew up as a huge packers fan but not as a big oh, bucks fan. yes but since my boy lebron's out of playoffs now i'm a bandwagon bucks fan i am so excited to hear you say that you're a Packers fan, that's the greatest news that I have heard. How's it feel to have a, a Denver team take your quarterback, though? How's, uh, it, how's that going to feel? It's not going to uh, happen. Not yet. Did you, wait, Devin, did you see uh, earlier earlier today there was some tweet or something that came out about some, like, cleaning service that was cleaning Aaron's apartment? And it, like, really? yeah, something broke about players getting their, their houses, like, deep cleaned and whenever that happens, they just, like, stick around. There's a lot of speculation on, on Aaron right now. But, uh, 
I mean, unless you Too have something. Speculation. I I agree. <laughs> it's like the man has essentially done it all at this point, and he just hasn't had the greatest success. Just leave him alone. Denver <laughs> bound. Him, everybody. Let him live his life. Denver bound. It's yeah, okay. Exactly. I need you to stop just, that, Jackson. Just, just soak <laughs> it in. <laughs> Getting into <laughs> getting into you now, Devin. First thing that I wanted to bring up, you said you're in Kansas City. Is that is that is that where you're living right now? First question. Uh, yeah, I'm living here in Kansas City right now. And last week you got to hold uh, you got to hold some snaps for a current NFL kicker. Some people might. I don't know from the Kansas area, like it's like the most accurate kicker Har- ever. Harris is yeah, it Butker? Much. Is it Butker? Yeah, but Harry, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how how was that getting to getting to hold that with him? I mean, I I'm just I'm kind of jealous, honestly. That's just uh <laughs> you, I mean, it was a great opportunity. Uh, I got to learn from one of the most accurate kickers in NFL history and literally one of the most accurate other than Justin Tucker by like a half a percent and uh, got to learn some new holding stuff. And he taught me some things, how to perfect my craft. And too bad I didn't know him while I was in college, so I could have used that for the Mortel Award. Yeah, I was going to say, because you put that video on your Twitter of you holding uh, holding for Harrison. That video has over 9,000 views and a little over 400 likes on your Twitter right now. Do you think that that could be you know, a, a sort of jump start for your career to get into the NFL, which is where you should be? Might I add right now? Well, you know what, Colin? I think that I think that would be a good jump start. Um, I just wanted to show teams that I'm still training, and I'm training with other NFL athletes. So um, I hope someone bites on it. And uh, if they don't, I just got to keep moving on from there and keep doing what I was kind of doing before, but obviously try to figure out something different because uh, I, I need to get on the team right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I'm ready to wave the flag in front of any team possible. All right? I yeah. graduated. I am ready to go on a road trip to all all the teams, all 32 of them, and send in your resume. Like, I'm ready. I, I could be your hype man. I'm ready to go. I need that. All I right. Here we Current go. NFL GMs, do you want a – Former punter that is built like a linebacker to come and absolutely demolish your special teams unit because I have the guy for you. And you were talking about the regiment, the sort of stuff. What what do you do? Are you like lifting? Is it just constant kicking? Like what is what is the the summer regiment right now? Yeah, the summer regiment is I work out five days a week in the weight room, and then uh, three to four times of punting uh, out just at a local high high school field. Um, and that's basically my whole day right there. And I'll, I'll work a couple part-time jobs just to kind of stay by and um, just live at home with my mom and, until I can figure out something to get on the NFL team or just save up some money to go uh, live in an apartment somewhere. Just chasing the dream. And oh, that's yeah. and that's and that's what yeah. it is. That's all. It's the American dream. You're chasing it. And I and I applaud you because you are absolutely you. grinding right now. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that that you know after college athletes aren't done like i i feel like you can't just quit everything that that you know you built up because i mean i i think the last time we talked i asked you about the the snyder training camps and how brutal those things were (laughs) and it's like i feel like you can't that's such like a body adjustment 
that you can't just stop doing that altogether. It, it's a lot of that's uh, just uh, not wanting to stop, but also just kind of wanting to live out that dream as an athlete. You really dream about trying to play at the highest level possible until you're told not to. And I haven't been told that I couldn't yet. It's just that we've had external environment factors like COVID, uh, NFLPA making weird rules for rookie <laughs> minicamp, <laughs> only allowing five people in for a rookie minicamp tryout. So um, I'm just going to keep pushing forward until an NFL team absolutely says that you are not good enough to punt. I love that. I love that mindset. Just keep going until they say no. I, yes. I'm all about that. And, you know, you were talking about learning from Harrison and stuff like that, uh, you know, just going technique stuff, you know, fixing some of that stuff up. Um, you know, as a guy who just loves the game of football, and I feel like Paxson can agree with that as well, that, that you know, you also love the game. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm getting a coaching certificate. I'm going into the whole thing. I would love to coach football one day. One of the things I noticed when you were holding for Harrison is your right leg when you were down on the ground was essentially parallel. Like you weren't because yeah. uh, a lot of kickers are up on that toe. Right when yep. they when they take the snap, what is the what is the difference? This is such a savvy football question. I apologize <laughs> if people don't care, but I'm genuinely curious. You know what is the difference between having that toe up and then keeping it flat to the ground like like you were in the video? Well, the main difference is between those two is just comfort comfortability. Um, with me, with my foot just uh, parallel to the ground, I, I feel more comfortable in the stance. Um, I also have a lot of confidence in the snapper because the way my foot is parallel to the ground, if there's a bad snap up high and I got to move to jump up to get it, it's uh, I'm kind of in an awkward position uh, position to kind of get that snap. So you got to have a lot of trust in your snapper. If I didn't have a lot of trust, I would have to change up my foot. No, totally. That's and it's such an interesting thing because not a lot of people, when they think of special teams and and the holding game, everyone's like, "Oh, you just sit there and you you hold the ball for yeah. for the for a yeah. kicker." There's it's so, so much, much more, more. That goes into it. Yeah. I know, and and well, and specifically, when, so much more. I know, and specifically with like the laces, everyone. A lot of people, <laughs> we always a lot of you'll hear some of the fans and the siblings be like, "Oh my God, the laces, the laces, the, the laces, way. Are, yeah. you know." So it, it's so it's just so interesting to. Even for like not even an experienced person, but just someone who isn't as attuned to these positions, yeah. showing how important they are. Because nowadays everyone's well, pushing, go like, "Well, we don't need these these kickers anymore." It's so great to know that there's so much more these people can can offer to to a team. Oh yeah, and you know, in the early no oh, no late 1990s, the backup quarterback used to yeah. hold yes. yeah. for the kicker, and now. You know, there's no backup quarterbacks holding <laughs> because the punters are with the kickers during practice. Mm -hmm. So the coaches are like, oh, yeah, let's just have him hold for it. <laughs> I mean, if you put a guy like Johnny Hecker there, you essentially have a, a backup oh, quarterback. Man. Yeah. Gone yeah. The you know, holding snaps. Anyways, <laughs> you, were at, uh, you were at another camp. I think it was probably – you probably have a better idea on the time. Uh, I think it was about a month ago. Uh, at Nick Novak's uh, kicking yeah. and consulting thing, how did uh, how did that go? Because you put the highlights up on your Twitter, you're averaging around forty nine to fifty yards per punt. You had about four point five seconds of hang time as well. Yeah, that went really good. 
I go down to San Diego. I try to make it down there at least once or twice a month to do his uh, combine workouts down there. Uh, basically, how they're ran is it's ran through Zoom, and he's got eight or ten different cameras just throughout the whole field. So that scout doesn't have to be there in person and can see basically all the different angles that he would be seeing in person, but it's just over zoom. And it's just great for, especially with the pandemic that we were in, that people were just, uh, didn't want to really travel. The scouts didn't. So that guy that scouts another option basically. And then Nick Novak is, you know, a guy that played 14 years in the NFL. And I think his name is obviously, you know, recognizable with some of, uh, some of the, some of the better kicker slash punter, you know, guys that have been in the league over the last 10 years. I mean, what did you, did you actually get to work with Nick or what was, what was that experience? Yeah, I get to work with Nick. Uh, most of the time that I get down there, um, he'll kind of give me some tips from a kicker's point of view for a punter. So I kind of take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, but uh, he still has a lot of helpful things to do. He actually got me connected with Mike Cyphers in the Kansas City area, who was a 16, 15-year NFL punter veteran, and he was Nick's uh, first-ever holder uh, for the Chargers. So uh, they kind of went back a long way, and he got me linked up with him I'm working with Mike, and he's Mike's actually helped me tremendously, and Nick has too. Uh, not taking away anything from Nick, but they both have just been a <laughs> tremendous help for me, just to be able to improve hang times and distance on the ball. Yeah, what are uh, I mean? I I could probably pull it up right now. Do you know what your averages were uh, when you were when you were here at K State? Um, let's see. My senior year was forty five and a half yards or 45.1 which was a school record and try to tell that to the NFL team but <laughs> they don't seem to really uh, care about that and uh, I think my career was about a 44 and a half too which was also a school record but the NFL teams don't really seem to care about that. Appar- yeah apparently not I mean especially when you have guys like you and Blake on the field at the same time honestly Blake I think L. if you if you look at uh if you look at past duos over the past, you know, 10 years, I think you can call out, you know, Ryan Dorr. With, was Dorr playing when Cantelli was here? Anthony or Jack? I can't remember. Because uh, Anthony it was, was one of the Cantelli. Right, because Anthony was the older one. Jack was Jack was a bit younger. But I can't remember when Ryan Dorr was, uh, was punting. But I feel like, no, Ryan Dorr was here from like 2009 to 11, I think, right? So he would have been with Anthony. Right. Uh, you know, those two obviously – Ryan went on to have a semi-decent career, I'd say, and then Anthony, you know, obviously had a pretty good career here at K-State as well. But, I mean, other than that, off the top of the head, I can't really think of anybody, you know, more recognizable than a special teams duo than than you and Blake. And it's unfortunate because we were going to try and have Blake on, but he's, uh, <laughs> did you say he's out at the lake? Well, is he mudding? Where's he at right now? <laughs> he is shredding gnar <laughs> at the lake right now at Table Rock. <laughs> Because that was that was something that uh, that you brought up last time we talked too. Because I see it on his Instagram and Twitter and stuff all the time. He's posting pictures of all of the. Oh my gosh, it's he is he actually insane. Great, <laughs> crazy man. Uh, my actually first question, Mike. One of my questions is, what was your f- first thought when you saw Blake Lynch? 
Yes. Yes. Because yes. because yes. It's there's such a big height difference. Because you're you're right. what six two somewhere around there. Yeah, some somewhere around there. And the first thought when I saw Blake was, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows he's really small. Five five. That's where he's at. A powerful leg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he showed me what he's all about the first time that I saw him kick a football. Uh, after one of our summer workouts, because I was there in the June of uh, 2016, and workouts were already starting when I first got there from Coffeyville, and uh, I saw Blake at the complex, and I just didn't even realize who he was at the time because I thought he was just <laughs> some random like tutor or something. I don't know. Well, well, you said uh, I, he I said he worked as like a janitor, right? Yeah, he did. He won the best janitors in K State history. I think <laughs> he was a beast doing that. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I I loved uh, how Blake just came to work every day, and he got better every single day, and got more powerful. He can kick a sixty-plus yard field goal, mm. which is just crazy for that for his size. Both you guys, both you guys need to be in the league right now, and I don't understand how. Guys like you, Matt McCrane. How did Matt McCrane yeah. not make it in the league? Because then he went and played indoor for a little bit. He played in the XFL uh, mm-hmm. last year when that was going. I just don't. Do you think it's harder for special teams players to make it into the NFL when they don't get you know as much publicity as offensive and defensive players? Yeah, it's definitely way harder. Uh, just there's only 32 jobs open for a punter and 32 jobs open for a kicker very rarely does a team keep a punter kicker on their practice squad uh unless uh, it was a covid year and i think their nfl pa is gonna extend the practice squad limit uh to what they were at last year so more kickers and punters and long snappers will get an opportunity to sign their practice squad and to have an opportunity to possibly play and i hope that happens for blake Matt, or and even me too, but uh, I just hope that opens more opportunities for the specialist clan. For, <laughs> I love that. Former uh, K-State punter Devin Angtel with us here, and thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 919 New Music Now. This is down to the score, we'll settling the wire. We'll, we'll, fi- we'll figure the name out. It's a very special edition. <laughs> and since we started talking about more k-state players now, actually before that you said you had something that uh that you wanted to bring up as well oh yeah um i train uh some kickers and punters in the kansas city area and uh would love to just meet new high schoolers or even uh little kiddos who just want to be able to learn to kick or punt and you can find out more information on uh my twitter account just send me a dm if you ever want to meet up and i'd love to meet up with you it's just at Devin Ankle, at Devin yeah. underscore Ankle is the is the Twitter. Yeah, send. Yep. Just send him a DM on Twitter. Don't be shy. Don't be shy, please. Exactly. I, a... I don't bite. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people always, I would say, are reluctant, but just don't feel like, even though great ambassadors of the sport, they yeah. won't take the time out to help them. I don't know. I think I think when I contacted you probably seven months ago or something like that. I don't know. I felt like I kind of jumped in and yeah, Perfect. no doubt. No doubt. Just, just hit him up. <laughs> Go guys. Get him. Like, yeah, he he, he looks like, he looks like he could eat you, 
but he he kicks footballs for a living. And he's a so. teddy bear. Big, and he's a big, big teddy, teddy bear. bear. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh! Getting into more K State stuff now. Last week, I was at. I was very fortunate to be able to go down to Arlington, Texas. I was at the Cowboys Stadium. I got to stand on the exact same spot where Dak broke his ankle. Okay, well, th- okay, I got thank to you. stand <laughs> on the exact same spot where Jared Cook ruined the Cowboys' yeah. playoff chances yeah. just so many short years ago. The same spot where Mason Crosby put it right <laughs> down the uprights every time. And then I had a small Twice. tear. Twice. A small tear run down my cheek because I stood in the same spot in the back of the end zone where Jordy Nelson caught his last touchdown pass as a Packer. Oh, man. And that was brutal. (laughs) That was really sad. Stood there. There were people around looking at me. It was not a not a good look. But I do have some things. That was the tipping point for Rodgers right there. Oh, I think so. Oh, I think so. They cut Jordy and then they cut or they no, they 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 trade Jordy, trade Randall Cobb. You trade yeah. Jake Kumrow, a guy that Aaron was talking about. That's the final. I'm not, straw. I'm not getting into that's, this. That's the final. That straw, was the final Mike. straw that, yeah, that, that broke Jake the camel's back. Kumrow, <laughs> Jake Kumrow was the was the final straw. Peyton Manning, <laughs> Peyton Manning had Jordan Taylor. Yeah, and never, Denver never touched him until <laughs> two years after Peyton Manning left. We finally cut him. The fact that they had the gall to tr- to let go of him is. Yeah, a big yeah. L, and that should you should never wow. touch a favorite quarterback's practice squad <laughs> wide receiver. Listen, exactly. I think I think if we keep talking about the Packers, we're probably not going to get to any of the <laughs> any of the cake because I, I have some for stuff sure. that yeah. I want to play. We'll save it for another day. But yeah. first thing I wanted to bring up is you know Chris Kleiman was there. I have some some clips from what Kleiman had to say, some Skylar Thompson stuff. And then Jerome McPherson, I pulled a few things from him as well that I wanted to bring up and have some discussion about. The first thing uh, was a question asked by our very own Cole Carmody, who's with uh, Go Powercat right now. Uh, and this is uh, Coach Kleiman talking about the preseason polls since K-State was picked 7th to finish in the Big 12? Um, I, I think it's pretty irrelevant um, in my mind. I, somebody told me we were picked ninth the first year and we finished third. And, um, you know, you could be picked second and finish. You still have to tee it up and you have to be better every week and better every day. And for us to continue to stack great days and give ourselves an opportunity every week to be successful, that's what we're trying to do. Now, I, I could kind of hear you snicker in there, Devin. Do you, I mean, is it obvious that that's the way – to look at look at the preseason polls. Yeah, I mean that's how K State's always been. I'm Kleiman's first year. Good example. Picked ninth, finished third. We should have finished higher too, but uh, we just couldn't get it done. But uh, preseason polls are super irrelevant. Uh, K State's always the underdog. You can beat that down, <laughs> but uh, I Klein Kleiman was super right about everything about the preseason polls that he said. Yeah, because. Any given Sunday, I think, is is the best the best saying that you can throw out there because K State's beaten Oklahoma the past two years and they were ranked yep. five and three in the nation. So it's like, who? And they got all five stars. Exactly. It, oh, do, do you do you have opinions on this whole blue chip <laughs> thing going on right now? This this whole conversation on on blue chip recruits. I mean, blue the blue chip recruits. You mean like the three stars and lower? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. I think they build out a program more than five-star players. The five-star players come to the program, they kind of got a little bit of a hot head, and they think they're the hot show on campus, and then most of the time they don't work out. 
and usually the blue chip players work harder. And it's just plain simple. I saw that K State with some high star, four star recruits, and the the walk on from Western Kansas or Eastern Kansas or even the three star would beat them out in just certain drills because they just thought they had everything handed to them, but they uh, had a wake up call and they got to work and. Some of them figure it out, and some of them don't. Those three stars think that they have more more to prove, so they're going to work yeah. harder than these five star athletes coming in, knowing that they they think that they're good and they know that they're good. They come in and they just get blown out of the water because they're just so high up there in their heads, not willing to to work hard. Because not to say that everything has been handed to them, but I I, I understand I understand what you're what you're saying there, Paxton. Do you have do you have thoughts? If you don't get as excited as I do about a three-star recruit coming to uh, to yeah. this school, I think I'm gonna need to give you a, like a smack in the face because <laughs> there are some great people out there that, and I and I I think I learned this the hard way as well because I was of the belief of this school has the potential to get five stars and that's where we really need to go, but uh-huh. after watching so many years of just. These people that have flown under the radar, people thought to be nobodies, well, not nobodies, but third, second stringers and below, work their tail off and make their way to oh, such a dominant role that they have on this team. It just makes me smile to think we crush Oklahoma <laughs> twice, <laughs> literal beatdowns, it felt like. And we do not have the amount of, not resources, but. F- Recruiting power that they do, and we smushed them like a bug. How how good yeah. does it make you feel knowing that for the twenty twenty two recruiting class we have nine commits and over half of those are three stars? Well, I mean that makes me pretty happy right there. Right. I'm not bad uh, <laughs> thing if you don't get well if you want four stars or five stars. It's just that you shouldn't focus all your recruiting power mm-hmm. on those five and four stars mm-hmm. because most of them don't make up uh, make up the team. Yeah, no, I like get get three three stars that could equivalent to like one four star or one five yeah. star because I feel like they'll just provide so much more for the team at that point. I mean, Wyatt Hubert was a big example. He was a three star coming out of high school, and he uh, played as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he was able yep. to beat out people on the team. Yep. I mean, he's just a freak of nature, but uh, he's one of, one of the biggest ones of my memory, and even Trey Deshaun too. He was a two-star coming out of a small high school in Kansas, and he was able to play right away. Yeah, he had she, a great attitude. And both both of those guys is Trey with uh, is Trey on a roster right now? Uh, no, Trey is not. He was with the Bengals. That's what I thought. But, uh, See, I thought he was. I thought he was, but uh, I wasn't sure if that stuck around. Well, since we're talking about Oklahoma, and since we're <laughs> you know. <laughs> Talking about the Sooner Slayer himself, Skylar Thompson. I'm copywriting that. You, that's you are. Yeah, you know, I'm I can't on it. use it. I'm on it. The Sooner Slayer, that's my thing the right lawyers, there. The lawyers are in the work right yeah, now. Yeah, can't. No, <laughs> no one can touch that. That's mine. I'm saying it right now. Skylar Thompson back to face Oklahoma yet again, hopefully for a third win in a row. This is what Chris Kleiman had to say about going into the KU game. Or, sorry, not KU. OU game every year. I think the biggest thing that um, we try to go into the, that game as well as other ones, but that game in particular is don't don't look at the the name on the front of the jersey. Uh, don't worry about what the pundits say. Don't worry about what the, the experts say. Uh, but 
let's just play our game and let's uh, let's mm-hmm. keep finding a way uh, to make a play. We were down 35 to 14 in the in the third corner third quarter and really nobody batted an eye. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that has to be the way to look at it, especially with a team that everyone has says is that because Oklahoma is projected to be one of the top three, if not the best college football team in the nation right now. So, I mean, is that, is that the mindset? Obviously, you know, this is a rhetorical question, but I'm going to add to it. I mean, is that the mindset that you have to have going into a game like that? But on the other, on the other side, is it hard to do that, especially with a team like Oklahoma that you know has had excess in the past? I mean, when we played Oklahoma in 2019, we came in with the mindset, like, we have the same amount of talent as they do. It's just that their recruiting class was just ranked higher than us. And we came that week, we put in a lot of hard work, and we were able to have that show on the field on Saturday because we had that mentality that we belong on the field with them. And uh, it it showed two years in a row. And I'm sure they had that same mentality coming out of halftime uh, this past year. Yes. Funny story about that. I was uh, at a combine out in San Diego at Nick Novak, and uh, I was watching the first half of the game, and obviously I had to go do my combine. And I hurried back to the hotel, and I turned the game, and it's uh, third down, we get stuffed, and Blake Lynch out there, uh, tied up at 35 all. And he goes out and kicks that uh, go-ahead field goal, which was pretty cool to see. 50-yarder. 50-yarder. Yeah, mm. 50-yarder. Because before we were getting, like, killed. Yeah, and, like, and it oh, was – it's it's <laughs> incredible. There was a – what was that clip of uh, – was it Sean McVay when he – a few years ago when everyone blew up about, like, how much he knows about, like, former games and stuff like that? You know, oh, Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about that clip? Mm-hmm. Chris Kleiman did something very similar – at this at the at the media days where he was talking about that game last year and he rattles off like seven different points throughout that game that led to the win and I thought it it was just the most impressive thing ever cuz he's like we're down 35 to 14 at half and then you know Deuce rips off a big run and then you know Skyler gets in the end zone and then you know we block a punt then we get a pick and then we you know get all these turnovers and then blah, blah, and it's like the way that he rattled that off was just so impressive in my mind, just a quick tangent there, but I mean, you know, yeah. speaking of Deuce, um, you know, I have another clip. I don't know if I want to play it this time, unless you guys have uh, anything else you want to say about Oklahoma. They're frauds, and I well, the Texas are frauds. Texas but... are frogs, but let when 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 we go into <laughs> Oklahoma and they come all with their puffed out chests, thinking, you know, hey. We're Oklahoma. We're going to do it again. I'm, but the difference yeah, in my yeah. mind is that Oklahoma <laughs> can win games. I think that's the biggest thing in Texas. Well, not against Kansas State. Just, well, stop it. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm knocking on wood. <laughs> I, hey, I'm ready for three in a row this year. I'm ready. The team's back healthy. We didn't lose much offensively. Yep. And always the concern. Riley Moore, that's about it. We, well, yeah, we replace him with Danny Mortabebe. I'm going to keep, gotcha. Bebe. Get I'm just going to call him Bebe because that's what they I think that's, that's his nickname him. as well. But I like that. This team... Excites me so much, and also the defense, like Russ Yeast coming in from Louisville. Oh, drawn getting getting drawn back is is so huge for this for this team. And yes, while Oklahoma brings potential first round first overall pick Spencer Rattler back, K State is such a punch you in the mouth kind of team that they should always every season be respected 
in the sense of they're not just going to, like like some other Kansas team, they just don't <laughs> fall over when they see adversity. We battle back. And spe- specifically, yeah. this uh, last Oklahoma game, down at halftime, and a lot of people writ- written the team three off. Scores, yeah, three everybody scores. was writing it because we just previously lost to Arkansas State. So everyone's like, "Oh gosh." Well, we we it's were down over. three scores with like a minute left in the third quarter, mm-hmm. which was even more impressive that you go out and score uh, twenty four points in a matter of a quarter. And I think it's just also just underrated coaching that and, and I and I was again like a dummy part of the Les Miles hype train. Before he took, thankfully, the other job and fell out, so <laughs> burned out like a like a flame in a dumpster. But it just shows how the way that 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 Coach Kleiman has built this team staff wise keeps everybody so engaged. Even though even though we would assume that yes, you're down three scores to Oklahoma, you should be demoralized at this point. He was able to keep everyone so focused that you were able to keep clawing and find every small advantage to get back in the game. And I don't know if you if you feel that way as well. And you probably know more, Devin, since you've been part of the team, if you agree with that sentiment. Yeah, I, I was oh. going to ask, yeah, yeah, Devin, what what is it about Chris Kleiman that makes guys want to fight for him? He is a player's coach. He will fight for you to the tooth and nail, and he surrounds that team with a great support staff, uh, Ben Newman, deserves a lot of credit he's on the sideline he's the motivational uh coach basically if uh people don't really know him uh but he uh works with alabama football uh, he works with a couple of college programs too uh for basketball but both him and coach Kleiman, they just really mesh well together and they're able to keep everyone engaged throughout the whole week of preparation and especially on game day I yeah, and that's that's just you know kind of the vibe that I get from music that. to my ears. Yes, I I was trying to put it <laughs> into good. into into words. I think you did it very you well. Because when that's, yeah, when Bill when Bill Snyder retired, I think the greatest fear for a lot of people was the identity shift because yeah, yeah. Wowie struggled. Yeah, Wowie struggled so much in in the later portions of his of his career. It was all built around the family aspect yeah. and and being. Right a player um, focused or just he's a player coach. And so when when we're going out for the big the big coaching search and we hear names like Les Miles and all these other coaches, everyone's like, well yeah, we can we're gonna get so much better under Les Miles because we're gonna bring more attention to the to the stadium and yeah. or to Ooh, the team itself. That <laughs> yeah, I know, thank God we dodged that bullet now. And then when Chris Kleiman came in and you got you read a little deeper into it, you just think we're gonna be a we're gonna be perfect. Yeah. It's such a great fit. Because he cares so much about his players, and he will yeah. go to the grave with you. And that right. vibe we've seen throughout so many times. The Texas Tech game is also a great example. Skyler goes down. Should be yep. the end of this game immediately. Should have lost that game. I know. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you lose your star quarterback, there's always going to be that sadness going into the locker room thinking, good God, are we gonna, can we pull this out? Yeah. And then him yep. being able to get rally the troops, make sure they're prepped enough, to when they need to be called, go out there and deliver like Will Howard did. Yep. It is just again music to the ears. And Kleiman knows yeah. how to win. I mm-hmm. think that's that's the other part of it too. Is yeah, he's a great players coach, but he he it's what seven national championships. Oh yeah, at the FCS level uh-huh. with, with North Dakota State. Mm-hmm. 
the dude knows how to win and he knows yep. the game of football and i think that's the other part of it that that needs to be brought you know full circle is that he's a great players coach he knows how to motivate people and he knows how to win i think those three those the, three yeah no please go ahead applaud the coach Kleinman too for able to keep will howard's head straight last season mm-hmm. he, will was definitely not the most well liked mm-hmm. through some k-state fans <laughs> last year yes uh, will was, a- was able to uh, for the most part i think to block out that noise and climbing was there every day big shout out to noah johnson too mm-hmm. noah yes. was able to help will just be able to block out that toxic noise and now and you I, s- I just i just hope that uh us as a fan base will be able to support these players because mm-hmm. more i mean will didn't even have a spring ball yeah he just got thrown yeah. into the game yeah that that was that's what really it was, and it's just, and you can see it this year. And, and again, I haven't personally been on the field, um, watching all these reps through spring, but you just hear it is Will's a different guy. Will looks so much more composed. He looks so much more ready for this season. And part of that, of course, is he got spring finally. You know, last season was yeah. just so weird because of COVID. Nobody had spring ball. And when somebody goes down, you're really scrambling to, to make sure everything goes right. But he he went through the war, and while I sometimes disagree with the harshness that the fans had towards him, you see he's now come off with a also with a great support staff, a better player. He's gonna yeah. and if and if Skyler and we pray doesn't get injured throughout this season, but if something does happen, we we are ready to throw him out there, and I'm ready for him to just turn that light switch on, and just hammer it home for the team. And that's another yeah. thing that Kleiman brought up during the media days as well, is they're getting a lot of reps with Will Howard right now. He made the comment about having two starting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Not not to say they're going to play two starting quarterbacks, because, <laughs> you know, you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks, right? That's the whole, don't even get me started on the whole Daniel Sam's, <laughs> Jake Waters debate, right? Because that'll tear this whole fan base apart. But... Or- Alex Dalton, Skyler Thompson. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I think – I just lost my little train of thought. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Talk, talking about the, the two, court, two starting two, quarterbacks. Two quarterbacks. There you yeah. go, baby. Clyman brought up the, the Will has been getting reps and that if Skyler does happen to go down, Will is going to be ready to go. That, that yeah. was a big point that Clyman made at the media days as he talked very highly – about Will Howard. Another guy that he talked really highly about was Deuce Vaughn. And mm. before we get into that, thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 91.9 New Music. Now you're listening to whatever. What, settling the settling wire the, settling, down to the Settling score. the score down to the wire, whatever. We're here with Devin Ankdell, <laughs> former K-State That's punter. what's I'm, most important. And that's what's most important. <laughs> but Kleiman brought up uh, Deuce Vaughn. And, you know, I'll just kind of let, uh, I'll just let the clip speak, speak for itself. itself. I think he's an underrated running back. And what I mean by that is everybody knows his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield and make people miss and get matchup problems there. Uh, but just in, a, in our two-back offense, uh, behind a fullback or in a one-back set with Skyler or Will, uh, he's such a terrific running back with great vision and great balance uh, and sees things so well. I'm excited for the backfield. I'm really excited for this backfield. Although uh, we do lose Cam Mosey, you know. Sad. Oh, yeah, I'm sad. Oh, well, you got to move on. We do have Joe Irvin coming back, a guy that has been talked very highly about. He opted out in the 2020 season. We also have Jakar. 
Jacardier Jacardier Wright as well, who's massive. He's huge. Massive. Mike McCoy massive. He's absolutely huge. And I think that that is a big thing going into this running back room is you have the guy like Deuce Vaughn. He's getting all these Darren Sproles comparisons, blah, 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 whatever, right? Let him build his own legacy. That's all I have to say. But, you know, this one-two punch I think we can have with a guy that's what is he? Five eight, probably. He's not. He's not that big at all. He's probably five seven, five eight, five nine. That he's is like pushing Blake it. Lynch. Exactly, exactly. And then you have this guy in Jacardia Wright, who's what six two, six one. Yeah, he's six big. Two. He's a big guy. And I think that that is a great little one two punch where we can have Deuce, this guy who can get out on the. And Kleiman just talked about how well he's playing up the middle too. He thinks that he can run up the middle and, you know, do do whatever they want, come out in a power O set and run, you know, whatever they want with, with Deuce Vaughn, mm-hmm. with a guy like Jackson Ean, Mason Barda out in front of him, right, playing fullback, or even Sammy right. Wheeler for that matter. But, you know, I I think in my mind and I think a lot of other, you know, fans' minds as well is we need to protect Deuce as much as possible. <laughs> so as much as Kleiman is praising him for being this tough downhill back, I personally would like to see Jacardier Wright get more carries, kind of like Harry Trotter did last mm-hmm. season. I mean, if we got a good old line and a good fullback. And we do. And that's the thing is we do. First off, fullbacks. Oh, man, that's, mm. that's such a good word to hear. <laughs> it, it's th- – I'm so excited. And, and this happened last year as well when we were going into the first game was I was excited to see Jacardier Wright because it was ta- he was all talked up, not talked up, but a, an up-and-coming talent that a lot of K-State fans had their eye on, and we didn't get to see him much last year. We only saw him in a lot of um, garbage time minutes, specifically KU game. We saw a lot of him and Mosey. But the idea now of we might have a not a true power runner, but somebody who could clog the middle or, or, you know, be able to, to just run up and cause some chaos, creates not just so much for the running game, even for Deuce Vaughn. The, the play-action pass, which I have yeah. been a big component for for this K-State offense, mm-hmm. with all the immense running talent that they have, this just creates even more terror for a defensive coordinator mm-hmm. to plan for because if you yes. try to clog up and figure out how to contain Deuce Vaughn, well then we got Skyler and Jacardier, who can both pound you in the mouth up the middle. And as you try to stop that, you bring in another nose tackle, you go heavy on the run stop, that just opens up Skyler, who's improved massively in terms of his passing game for play-action passes, which then just throws everything into a tizzle, and there we mm-hmm. go, we have a touchdown, you know, with easy. whoever's open. Easy easy money. Phillip Brooks. There yeah, you go, likely. Phillip Brooks, yeah. With, with <laughs> Sebastian Taylor. Paxton, too, we actually have the personnel this year to be able to run it up yes. the middle. Yes. I mean, last yes. year we had five new starting offensive linemen. They were still getting all their reps in during practice. Like, again, no spring football. Mm-hmm. And just imagine being a first-time starter on the offensive line with defensive linemen moving around everywhere, different fronts. you got linebackers creeping up. you got safeties creeping up. A lot of information right there. And um, they get a, they got a spring ball. they got a full summer workouts in together and I'm feeling really confident about the offensive line this year just being able to create those holes for Deuce and Jacardier, Joe, anyone who's in the backfield. 
Yeah, and K-State's offensive line is not only returning their five starters from last season, I believe the total number of offensive linemen coming back is nine that got snaps last season. So along with the five starters, we have four reserve linemen that are also returning that got playing time last season as well. So I feel... It's a crowded room. I mean, there's going to be some really good players not being able to play this year, but if someone gets hurt or gets COVID or whatever, whatever comes about, uh, they'll be ready to step in, I think, this year. Noah's got them ready. Mm. Next man up. Yes. It's the next man up mentality, Mm. and I think with the experience that we have from those reserve guys and who we have out there right now, especially with this leadership of Noah Johnson holding down the middle, yeah, I feel absolutely incredible about this offensive line. I think it's the most improved position from last season, and I really think it's going to be the bright spot of this team this year. And I was excited last year about the offensive line because we went from, again, a very stellar prior, and a lot of people had question marks for this line this year, but I did a good chunk of the football games as the the play-by-play guy, shout out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You just, you get to see from the vantage point we have the little things, week by week, um, you know, minute by minute, how they are, they were just every day steadily improving. And yes, was the loss of Noah Johnson in the Texas game a sting? Of course. But yes. we saw how they recovered much better than a lot of teams would have from that. You know, Noah Johnson goes down, your in-game leader, who, who a lot of people look to to help them when they struggle, goes down a lot of people would have terror in their eyes. But just the way that he has coached them up throughout the year and people stepping up as well, moving into the leadership role when when stuff like that happens, shows that in a, in a year here, when you finally, as you said, get the spring practice, a full off season where you can exercise your body, get it into game shape, finally get to push to the maximum to improve your, your game. This year, this team... Should have should just dominate interiorly and exteriorly between the tackles in pass pro and run blocking, in my opinion. And if you sleep on this unit, like a lot of teams like to do, yep, it's it's they're gonna have a tough they're gonna have a tough beginning of that of that game. And I think Connor yep. Riley has a lot to do with it as well. I think this entire yep. coaching staff is gonna be. A massive, you know, it's going to help this team improve with all the guys that Kleiman has brought in. I think Coach Klein himself, Colin Klein, I think is going to do a great job of shaping Jake Rubley and Will Howard and helping. I know you're you're probably the biggest Jake Rubley guy on the planet. Got the Paxton. flag, baby. I'm holding the flag. <laughs> got the got the jersey. You know, right tattooing the name on my chest. Please don't. I, I won't. <laughs> if that's the only tattoo I get. Bless it be, but <laughs> I big Jake Ruby fan. But they have again huge props to this coaching staff of just getting everybody prepped, and that's that's a tough task when you're sometimes rotating talent in sometimes quickly, as we've seen games like the Kansas game, the Texas game, where we're just throwing lots of people out there. The fact that they were able to look so steady is is just such a warm welcome to see because you've seen teams that just throw somebody out there. In like an injury hurry, and they look lost yeah. out there. And so to be able to see guys come in for the first time and just hit the head, hit the nail on the head right from the get go, it's again music to the ears. 
and just brings a lot of faith that the future, when you know we start to get the ball rolling, th- this team can become a, a dominant threat in a very tough conference in and of its in and of itself. Thoughts on the yeah. coaching staff, real quick, Devin, before we move on. And the coaching staff, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're one of the best coaching staffs I've been around. I've been around in my whole entire football career. It feels like uh, nothing, nothing to like on Bill's Bill's coaching staff. I loved Sean. Sean was one of my favorite coaches to have coach me for punting. But uh, I mean, they Clemens is right up there. And there's a ringing endorsement. That's not me or. Colin's saying it. There's some first-hand stuff on the field telling you. So if you still have your doubts, you need to get your eyes examined or something. I know places I can get you signed up for an appointment. You got to get it signed up because this man ringing endorsement from the get-go. If you ain't buying in, I don't want you in. I don't want you in my shop. They know. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Speaking of, even though it doesn't show on paper. I mean, you can't. You can't look at last year at all. Mm -hmm. It was a COVID Mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. I mean, they they had new starting lineups every week. That's so tough, and I'm sure it was tough with uh, being up at the complex all the time, or just maybe some family factors could have played into it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, then it health problems too. They didn't want to get their family sick, or I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that was outside of football. I'm sure that was going on last year. So I just throw last year out of the <laughs> just out out the window. Throw it away. Forget it. Speaking of endorsements, <laughs> as we're slowly winding down the hour here, speaking with former K-State punter Devin Ankle, Skylar Thompson had a uh, a nice little comment on the name, image, and likeness policies that are that are coming out. And I'll play that clip, and then Devin, as a former yeah. player, I really want to get your your take on this. So here's Skylar oh. Thompson on the the NIL policies. I don't think there's a better place than Manhattan for for NIL, just for that reason. I mean. We have such a strong supporting cast in Manhattan, and everybody loves K-State football, you know. So um, even though it's not the, the national trademark deals or whatever the case may be, I feel like our guys are going to have a lot of, lot of opportunities um, if they so, you know, choose to, to take advantage of them. Um, and, you know, that's unique. I think that that's really cool um, to have that support, have that, um, you know, backup from, from, from companies in Manhattan. Devin, as a former player, do you feel the same way about Manhattan? And then also, just what are your general thoughts on the NIL? I mean, Manhattan is just the perfect place for NIL. Literally, this place breeds, dies, loves, (laughs) just all the above. Loves football, loves K-State athletics. Uh, Every place where I went to in Manhattan had K-State stuff up, and they were always supporting the football team or basketball team, whatever, whatever sport. And uh, I know if I was there, if, if I was able to do an NIL, I'd try to do one with Taco Lucha. Yes! <laughs> That's what you like to Big, hear. Uh, go to a Wingstop, because doesn't Colin Klein like own the yes, Wingstop or something one. here in town? <laughs> Look at yeah. that. Yeah, he does. He yeah, he's got a bunch of like posters and stuff up of himself in the Wingstop oh, that shoot. he owns yeah. in Aggieville. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think Skyler is right. I mean, everyone on the team should take advantage of the NIL. Um I, I know former players wish that they had that mm-hmm. back in the day, uh, but it's going to be a great other revenue source for the players because it basically is a full-time job. Uh, you, you don't really have time to get another job outside of football. It's really hard. I tried it in the college. I, I umpired some games during the summertime. I would go out, do football in the afternoon, 
or even in the morning too. I'd be busy from the morning to the afternoon, and then at night I'd go out and umpire games in Manhattan sometimes, and uh, that was hard on the body especially. But I, I definitely enjoyed doing it. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> but if I had the NIL opportunity, uh, I wouldn't have had to do that probably. Now, this is a very, very big question. Yeah. When you saw the NIL change, were you as excited for NCAA football coming back as I was? Oh, yes. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Let's go. Yes! Uh, you know, I've yes! been sitting, like, yes! a big fan of the NIL. <laughs> and when I saw that puppy get signed, all I thought through my head was NCAA football's coming back. And, and yes. in my opinion, and it is. the best, one of, Finally. if not the best sports games if you've ever played it. So who's going to be on the cover, though? Ooh, That's the question. So so one one thing that I heard Bonex. was... <laughs> <laughs> That's please, a great guess. Please, please. I, I saw something along the lines of like... What was it? Who? Oh. I saw something of like it's going to be it was past like people. Like Derek Henry is like the oh, main guy, right? Uh-huh. But then behind him, you have all of the past Heisman yeah, winners that's from like what, that's what the I last heard. ten years. And so I'm you down. have like I want I want that Joe Burrow cigar, <laughs> oh, oh, dude. Yeah. That would be so. <laughs> yeah, sick. That's got to be in the video. So sick. Like the opening, the opening. Yeah, it video. has to be. It has oh, to be yeah. Joe Burrow. That's so like, funny. Do you, do you know who probably likes but uh, NCAA football coming back? Say that the, again. Uh, K State fan account. <gasps> yes, who, yes, uh, yes, yes. Always makes the NCAA rosters. He won't have to do it anymore. Bless his heart because yes. I've imported Clint, his. Is it, is it's it Clint, Clint, Clint? It's the Clint. K State fan. Uh-huh. I had him on. Yeah, uh, I had him on my show uh, uh, about two, probably towards the end of last semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had him. I had him on my show. Great guy. Bless Great his guy. heart. Those rosters, like, and, and oh, I yeah. and I said like when he, when I was doing it, I thought, oh, this could be easy. Oh my no god, way. this is so no hard. Way. No way. It's so it's so hard and deep. And you know, every time he posts something and I go and download it, I just think it's a blessing for him to keep yeah. doing this. And when he saw this, a, a huge weight lifted off of him, but at the same time yeah. he thought, "Oh, I'm going to update every single year yeah. now, yeah. baby." <laughs> hey, I, I liked when he did it. Cause he put me at a 90 overall. Yeah, hey, let's go. Shout out Clint, give him a man. Last, we're we're taking it really, uh, pun intended, down, down to, to the, the wire, wire here. <laughs> I have one more score to settle up. Oh my god! Please right. get him out of here. Last, last question before before we we wrap things up. It's about the playoff expansion to mm. twelve teams. I have a clip here. I don't know who said it because I didn't label it correctly. Oh, it okay. might be climbing. Oh. Might be. Uh, I. You know what? We'll just play it and find out. Well, I think the, okay. it was good it's that Chris. they put it it's to 12 Chris. without question. Um, give more teams an opportunity to, to compete for a national championship. I was a part of it for uh, for seven, eight years, and we were fortunate enough to win seven national championships doing it. And uh, just the buildup of each of those games, uh, playing 15, 16 games, uh, is difficult. No question that's difficult on, on the student-athlete, but to play for a championship and, and have the fact that, man, we had to go through a gauntlet of four or five games is pretty cool. Thoughts on the – because I believe it was uh, – they were talking about moving it to 12 and then possibly even 16. And if they would have moved it to a 16-team playoff, K-State would have been in the college football playoff three times oh. over the last 10 yep. years. Yeah, I think more the better. I don't know why it was so exclusive in the first place. It seemed like uh, only the teams that were paying their players behind the scenes were the ones that were 
making it to the playoffs. Except for but KU. Now, Except for KU. <laughs> quick dig. Except quick dig. KU. Les Miles, get out of town. Did you yeah. did you see that whole story that broke? Oh, oh my god. About about the KU player that got like paid yeah. off. Oh my That's bad. That was insane. That's basically their whole coach culture right there. Thank Cancel, God. Yeah. We we dodged that bullet. Good yeah. lord. Thank goodness. Granted, I don't think anything like that would ever happen here in Manhattan. Oh no, but no, no way. There's no way. But that was wow. When that came yeah. out broke by uh uh Kansas City Star. Kansas Star. Um yeah. I mean, Colin, you can't be too surprised. I mean, when their basketball team got caught doing it for the <laughs> That's past what I'm years, saying. Yeah. Shut the program yeah. down. Get him. Shut it down. Get him, Devin. <laughs> Get him. Get him. Get him, baby. Please, please. I will give it. We have like a minute and a half. I'll let you go off on KU. Go. All you want yes. right Get now. It. Get him, baby. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they still haven't been busted from that FBI probe. <laughs> oh. so, yep. I mean, yep. I don't know where that when that's going to happen. Bill Self gets a lifetime contract from it after uh, all that stuff comes out with his assistant coaches. Just. Paying players behind the scene, you know, less miles even too, just covering stuff under under the rug. I mean, how can you support a program like that when you know they're being very dirty? I mean, come on. Devin, one final question for you here before we wrap things up. Devin, who is K-State? K-State is one of the best place in the world. You heard who, it here, who do we play? You heard him. Who do we play? Who do we play? Who is K-State? <laughs> Get out of here. Les Miles out of town, never getting another contract, I hope, again. Devin Anktel, former K-State punter, do you have any final words here before uh, before we wrap up? I was just blessed to be able to come on here tonight, talk some football with you guys, and you guys have a wonderful night. You Dude, too, my you man. You too. He's going to get leagued up. He has to get leagued up. I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready. I, I got I'm the gonna, flag. Wherever you I go, I'm buying the jersey. I have the I have the pl- I have the 18 plus 50 yarders he has. He's kicked 18 50 yards plus. I got that already printed oh, on my I'm, shirt. I'm getting a Devin Ankle jersey. Yeah, let's go. Whenever you get leagued up, it's let's happening. Go. Let's go. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Devin Ankle, thank you for tuning in here on Wildcat 919 New Music Now. This was settling what? the score down to the wire or whatever. Spe- big special. <laughs> Colin Settle, Paxton Gordon, Thank you Hi, once Anna. again to Devin Anktel for coming on the show. And you know what? Will anything ever happen to KU? Never. No one knows. Never. <laughs> no one knows. Uh-